Are you looking for expert analysis and the latest news in the promotional products industry? You must be, because you're listening to the Promo Marketing Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Promo Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Norris, Editor-in-Chief of Promo Marketing, joined, as always, by Brandon Menefis, Senior Digital Editor. Brandon, how are you doing today, my friend? Doing great. Staying, uh, staying dry in this ugly, ugly Philadelphia day. I feel like it's been the same ugly Philadelphia day for like the last a year, three months, <laughs> last year. <laughs> Let's call it a year. Why not? Um, but that's good that you're you're hanging in there. Always good to talk to you in real time. Um, I am wearing my new uh, Hold Steady hoodie. That I, I just saw got the, I saw the words "the hold" and assumed it was that brand new hoodie uh, to celebrate the release of their new album. So I'm pretty pretty pumped about that. And actually, I saw that they um, they're doing something pretty cool with their merchandise in support of the album. They have uh, you can get a personalized tour poster for these like virtual shows that they're doing, um, and you you can get your name and um, the it says like coming to you directly or coming directly to so-and-so's living room or whatever that it is. is cool. But I thought that was pretty neat. That um, cool touch. So that's, that's a good way to, to make for a more personalized experience since we can't actually go see any shows or anything yeah. fun like that. Um, <laughs> on, that note. on that note, our, our guest on this episode is uh, Sandy Johns, uh, national account manager for Milwaukee tool. Uh, Milwaukee Tool has grown substantially over the last five years, and they credited promotional products with helping really drive that growth. Uh, so Sandy was kind enough to, to join us to tell us about some of the recent promotional efforts that Milwaukee did in partnership with um, City Electric Supply, which is a electrical wholesale business that has something like 500 locations. Uh, she had some really great insights into how they're using branded merchandise and especially why they chose the distributor they've been working with. Uh, it's always nice to hear from end buyers. So I, I think there's some really valuable stuff in our conversation with Sandy. Um, yeah. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But before we do a couple things, uh, first, I know we like to have fun on this show and, and keep it light. But I, I did want to say that our hearts go out to everybody in Texas affected by the, the winter storms that they had. Uh, I think by the time anyone's listening to this episode, just about everyone should have had power restored. But um, people are going to be dealing with the after effects of this for a long time. So for anybody wondering how they can help out, I put a link down in the show notes that has some ways to get involved, um, organizations that you can donate to, things like that. And uh, if for whatever reason you can't access the show notes, uh, you can go to texasmonthly.com and do a quick search and you should be able to find uh, their list or you can just Google it and find a bunch of different ones. Uh, so if you're in Texas, uh, we hope you're staying safe and hopefully this, this show brings a little levity to you if you're listening. Um, but now onto the fun stuff. So Burger King versus McDonald's. This is the big, the big topic I wanted to get into with you, Brendan, uh, the age old debate, right? Yeah. So in the, in the last month or so, both companies announced that they were rebranding and Burger Kings was a little more extensive. They changed up, uh, the logo and the employee uniforms in addition to the, the packaging for their food items. Uh, McDonald's is leaving its logo untouched, but it's changing up the packaging as well. Uh, so I thought it'd be fun if we each picked the side here and made the case for which company won the rebrand. So I'm going to let you choose first and then I'll argue the other side. How's that sound? That sounds good. I, I think I know my answer pretty quickly. I am going to go with Burger King here. I knew it. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> uh, before we get going, actually. Easy I, side to argue. Uh, well, before we go, I want to uh, just for anyone who wants to see the visuals, you can, if you want to follow along and actually see what we're talking about, since that plays in here, you can check them out at magazine.promomarketing.com. Uh, we covered both of them pretty extensively, extensively. 
So if you want to pause and bring up the articles and come back, uh, now's a good time. But other than that, go ahead, Brandon. Okay. So first of all, the, one of the reasons I think that Burger King won this was the, I think it's safe to say that it was a more sweeping rebrand. Like you said, McDonald's didn't change its logo and I don't think it ever will, nor should it. But the fact that it's integrating the design elements on the packaging and now on employee uniforms, I think it's, that alone sets it apart for me. This is a big move. More comprehensive. Definitely more comprehensive. And, you know, they both kind of use that flat design, but Burger King's kind of harkens back to that retro logo that for a lot of people is going to bring back a lot of nostalgia and it'll work for them. You know, for younger people who might not have ever seen anything except for the now gone very kind of, what's the word they use for that? Like the kind of 3D, more 3D logo of the early 2000s. It's going to be a new and exciting rebrand of like, oh, that's cool. That's, it's, and it's very fashionable right now. Yeah, that, that's just the, the, the design that they chose is very on, on brand for what people are, are looking for and what you're seeing in a lot of, of company logos that are coming out and branding. So I, I think that, I think it also works really well for the Burger King brand because it, there's just something about it that feels like it's a natural evolution of Burger King. Yeah, and you know, speaking of the natural evolution of things, it is retro, but the fact that they incorporated the, the mobile app, like the mobile app, uses the same design elements. It's still staying. If they're not just going back to a retro design for the sake of it, they're staying contemporary. They're using the modern technology and the way everyone orders food right now to really create a cohesive brand for the for the restaurant. That's cool. I didn't realize that the the app was also tied in with it. Or actually, I mean, I guess I should have assumed that everybody has an app now, but I didn't realize that Burger King had one. So that's pretty cool that they they're even bringing it fully into that. So that's. Yep. I think that is definitely uh, a big thing that this has going for them is that it is that sort of all encompassing, like it feels very unified from yeah, the top down. Yeah, that's exactly they, what it is. It's unified. Yeah, they really thought it through and they really, I think I think they, they knocked it out of the park because I think it's a really, really good rebrand. Um, yeah, this is going to be the easiest debate because we're both going <laughs> to agree with each other because, you know, they're both good. And Well, well that's that's what I was going to say was, for the record, I like Burger King's better, but since you took that, I have to argue McDonald's. But um, I think McDonald's did a really good job with theirs as well. If I were looking at this in a vacuum and Burger King hadn't also just rebranded, I would probably have said, wow, McDonald's did an amazing job with theirs because uh, I know it's not a full rebrand, so it maybe doesn't count. But um, I think it's it's visually looks really good. Uh, like you said, they... They both, this goes for the similar kind of minimalist, um, simple designs, uh, bright colors that Burger King went for. Uh, and McDonald's said the designs were supposed to convey joyful moments. And I think they do a really great job of that. They're all colorful and cute and they make me want to eat the food. That's, um, that's a victory right there for them. Though. Right. And again, this is, this is only for the packaging. McDonald's did not rebrand any of their other elements. Um, I think the only one I didn't like was the filet of fish because it has waves on the packaging. And I don't really need that kind of reminder that the sandwich that I'm about to eat used to be a living thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise well, I'd say as I'm, I'm probably going to catch some flack for this, but I'd say that's the weakest um, menu item anyway. So if I, I would agree up, completely. Yeah. I'm, I'm in your corner on that. <laughs> if anybody wants to, to debate the McDonald's menu, we'll have, have them on another we'll episode. Have a whole separate <laughs> podcast for that. Um, I think, you know, one thing not to uh, 
cut you off here, but I couldn't tell you what their packaging looked like before this. That's a great point. I don't eat McDonald's a ton. I know that there were some solid colors. I think like the cheeseburger was yellow, the wrapper, yeah. right? It was I like think a, it was always, yeah. Like I, if you said here's a thousand dollars to tell me what the McDonald's Big Mac box looked like, I I couldn't tell you. And I've had yeah. it a, a countless times. And I, it, I, all that's coming to mind for the, me is that it's a, just a kind of a brown cardboard wrapper. Yeah, you know, box that, that the sandwich comes in. So the fact that they're even paying attention to this and, and incorporating these elements into more of a of a total branding scheme is is I think a step in the right direction. Um, and what what I like about McDonald's rebrand here is that they it really leans on the iconography of the brand, uh, and I think they can get away with that because it's McDonald's. You know, their brand and their products yeah. are so distinctive; they sort of speak for themselves. Uh, for example, the the egg McMuffin wrapper is just a white paper, but it has a, a golden dot in the middle. And you look at it, and you're like, "Wow, that's an egg!" Obviously, so that that makes sense. But it's bright and colorful, and and you know, McDonald's has been in the fast food breakfast game for longer than anybody, so that just makes sense for them. Um, and another example, this isn't really involved in their rebrand this is kind of a separate thing that they did but you covered it in the article that you wrote about it uh, they did those posters in the uk for their home delivery option uh and the poster was just the golden arches it was like one arch branching down from the sky into the window of a house and it didn't even have the mcdonald's logo on it anywhere but anybody who sees that knows who the ad is for you know you know and exactly it's, what it's it, for right because their their logo is so strong and their branding is so strong that that if they can tie that in creatively, then they can, you know, make a, a really powerful statement without actually needing to say a whole lot. So yeah. I thought they they really nailed that aspect of it. Um, it's the most polite debate ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you make a lot of valid points. I agree with you. I th- I think they both did a fine job. Yeah, they but... <laughs> both really knocked it out of the park for different reasons. Yeah, I mean, I I I wish that, um, you know, I I think that I would take Burger King if I had to pick a winner. Um, but yeah, like you said that they're both, I think they both did a really nice job and, and it makes it kind of a wash, which is unfortunately not a super exciting conclusion to this, this debate, but I think that's, that's the, you know, the way yeah, it we're not out. the most cutthroat competitive, uh, <laughs> publication in the world. Now here, here's a question for you, Burger King or McDonald's, which one would you rather eat at right now? <laughs> uh, you know, right. I think I'm going to go McDonald's, but I do, I do appreciate Burger King. I think it's just that for most of my life, there was a McDonald's closer than a Burger King. It's just the convenience factor. I think I'm, so. I'm going. I'm going Burger King, man. I, I can't get enough of the the bacon uh, bacon cheeseburgers on their uh, their their two dollar menu or whatever it is. You can't beat that. No, if I'm being real, I'm a Wendy's guy, but that's not. That's Whoa! Not, now we're bringing a whole now, another now we're rogue element third party in. Party candidate in this whole thing. <laughs> So if we if we go that route, we're just both going to end up on uh, in and out. So it's <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. God, this is usually the time of year we're there. I know our RIP our in and out experience, but we'll we'll get Next back. Time. It'll be there when we when we get there. Uh, all right, now that I'm sufficiently hungry and and craving a burger that I is thousands of miles away that I can't have, uh, <laughs> let's get to our interview with Sandy. Right, so here here we go. Sandy, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. We really appreciate you coming on, taking time out of your schedule to be with us virtually here. Uh, do you want to just give a quick introduction about who you are and what you do for Milwaukee Tool? 
Sure, I'd be happy to. And, and thank you guys for giving me the uh, opportunity to join your podcast here uh, today. I'm Sandy Johns. I'm one of the national account managers for uh, Milwaukee Tool. I focus on uh, a couple of our electrical large channel partners. So my role would really be to put the business plans together with uh, um, some of our electrical channel partners and then really be responsible for executing that plan through our uh, field sales force as well as the, uh, the distributor partner themselves. So for me personally, I've, I've been with Milwaukee Tool a little over five years and then uh, prior to that spent 26 years with uh, Brady Corporation who's a market leading um, facility identification company uh, out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So just to give you a, a two minute overview for the podcast folks that might not be familiar with uh, Milwaukee Tool, uh, we are a uh, market leading uh, power tool, accessory, hand tool, safety, and uh, layout company uh, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and, um, and really a, um, a successful company. We've had um, over 20% growth uh, every year for the past five years in a row. So we've, we've more than doubled over the past five years and really have, have done that um, by a combination of things. Number one, coming out with a, a lot of new innovative products for our, our users, which we're, we're very passionate about. And I'll talk about branding a little bit later in the podcast. Um, and then also have gotten into some new um, product categories that Milwaukee really uh, wasn't in even two or three years ago, um, sell exclu exclusively through um, a number of different channels and everything you know, does go through a, um, a channel partner. So, uh, so that gives you just a, a brief intro on, on myself and uh, Milwaukee Tool. Very cool. And so you, you mentioned in there that uh, you guys have, have seen some pretty substantial growth over the last couple of years. Um, and you had said before that branded merchandise played a, a, an important role in that growth. Uh, you had a recent example where uh, reps have said that they've actually gotten orders directly because of some of the promotional products that you guys used. Can you tell us a little bit more about those promotions specifically, you know, the goals, the products that were used and, and kind of how they all came together? Sure, sure. I'll, I'll give you an example of um, one of the, the examples from City Electric Supply. You know, as I look at the last couple of years, uh, we've we've set some goals with uh, event days. So we'll look at a, a particular quarter, and what we'll frequently do is is pick one day within that quarter where we'll do uh, some accelerated promotions on a specific day. So it'll be a combination of things where typically, you know, we'll we'll bring in you know breakfast or have uh, burgers on the grill. For lunch, um, we'll have specials that are only available that day um, where we'll have uh, extra free goods that we're giving potentially with a promotion. And then really getting to the core of, of what you guys do is we many times have had a, um, a co-branded item that we'll give out that has our name on it and uh, our um, City Electric Supplies logo on it as well. And uh, those have really gone over well in the marketplace and we've actually exceeded a lot of our goals for those those uh, event days with swag um, being very much a part of it representing both Milwaukee Tool and and our key partner in, in that example. So what was the result of this uh, partnership with the, um, with the Dallas Print Company and why do you think this promotion was so effective? 
Sure. You know, um, a couple of different things. Uh, we actually met with uh, Thomas McShane. He's, he's actually the CEO of Dallas Print Factory. And it was interesting because we, we really started by just taking a look at what items did we think would go over well with their customer base. And I, I remember the first conversation we had, he, he told me that uh, that camel hats he thought would you know be the, the perfect uh, giveaway. And I remember my first thought being, oh, gosh, I, I don't know if I would wear a, a camel hat. But then again, I'm not the I'm not the target customer. And when he talked about you know different things that um, that they had worked with uh, in the industry before and and just had that feedback, I think picking the right item you know was instrumental. And uh, having that direction, and you know, having something that was a good fit for what their customers would would want to uh, to have, and and you know, leave that showroom with that day, I think was a, a key part of the promo. And then also, you know, just making sure we we didn't make the the buy-in point to get the hat, you know, too too high. Um, I think all of those were factors. But they had great direction from their end as the you know the the swag manufacturer of what would work and, and they were spot on and to, you know, to have us co-represented with them, I, I thought worked great. So you guys did go with the camo hats? We did go with the camo hats. We actually had two versions. We had a camo hat and a black and white hat. And uh, so it was nice. Actually, both of them went over, uh, went over really well. And, um, and so, um, so that, you know, was, we, we were really pleased with our, results, which ended up being, um, in, in that example, 20% more than we had forecasted even for the promotion. So, so that was, you know, one of the, of the key pieces, I would say. That's great. And did, did you guys use any other products in that particular campaign? Or was there another campaign that you use uh, another type of product in? Um, you know what, we, um, that one was probably the one that drove the most incremental volume. We've also done things though, like when the pandemic first came out, we, uh, we sent out um, bandanas that were co-branded, and uh, that was, I think, from a timing standpoint, those really went over well, just because it was, I think, for the first time, everyone's, everyone's got this new concern of, gosh, how do I cover my face anytime I'm in front of somebody, and uh, so that went over well there. We've, um, we've done uh, also some, like, um, tool belts that have gone over well as well, so depending on, you know, what we're trying to do, we've We've uh, sometimes are doing a promotion that's specific to uh, an event day. Other times we're just doing more of a hey, thanks to everybody in the branch for doing what you do, and um, you know, and thanks for a great year. You know, some more basic things that we we do across the board that are maybe a little bit lower price point item. So, so from an end buyer standpoint at Milwaukee, especially one like Milwaukee with such a recognizable name. What do you look for in a promotional products distributor and what is it about Dallas Print Factory that sort of made them your go-to for the merchandise? Yeah, they were, you know, they've, they've done a tremendous job and they, um, you know, for me, they, they were not the lowest price. However, when I look at it from a value proposition, you know, I have been and continue to be really impressed with them because I would look at it and I'd say, number one, they've been great about, Kind of giving me one point person that um, just manages our account. So if I've got a question from, hey, can I see a sample of this? To uh, somebody told me they didn't get their their box of items and I need a tracking number. I mean, and everything in between. 
um, uh, Jennifer Lopez has been our, um, our point person there and she's been responsive, just outstanding customer service. So, so that's been a huge part of it. Um, also for us, you know, the, a lot of the projects that we've done, we, I haven't wanted to ship them all at the same time, but to get a better price, I wanted to, you know, do some larger quantities. So they've been great about holding the product um, for us until we need it um, and not, you know, charging us for that. And then really just having a, a fast turnaround time, you know, because it's, it's made in the U.S., literally from the time I've placed an order, um, you know, they've, they've got it on their shelf and, and ready to go. Uh, much faster than a lot of the other, you know, options that we would have for those, you know, those co-op dollars. Uh, so I would say those are, those are the, um, uh, the key points. Also, you know, when I, when we work with City Electric Supply, they they work very closely in partnership with each other. So I literally had one project, that, that bandana one I was telling you about, all I had to say is, uh, I want a box of these to go to each of the 500 some, you know, branches, and uh, it was just done. So the fact that 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 you know they work so closely with City Electric Supply it was uh, was a major benefit uh, as well, and just made it um, a much smoother, easier process than you know other other folks that we could have gone with for a similar project. That that's one of the things we talk about all, all the time around here too, is just make things easy on your customers. You know, and that that translates across industries and and brands and whatever else. That seems like a kind of a good unifying philosophy for for customer facing organizations to have in general. Um, but you mentioned that that swag is a big part of Milwaukee Tools' approach to marketing and branding in general. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? I mean, how do you guys use it overall, and why kind of why it became a preferred marketing medium for you? Yeah, it's well within Milwaukee Tool. Um, there is a ton of passion around our brand. So the whole, you know, the whole concept of of swag and and you know displaying Milwaukee. It's just it's just it's a very thing that very key thing that's woven into just what the company does. Um, and I'll give you another example, kind of on a different side of the business than where I work, but where I think it's a relevant example. You know, for us, um, such a big part of our growth has been uh, weaving ourselves into the fabric of just what our users do on a daily basis. So for us, you know, I, I talked about um, my customer focus area being electrical. Uh, we also take um, the, uh, uh, the um, apprentice programs for a new electrician very, very seriously, and it's a very big focus. So there's a whole sales force that we have that would focus on, you know, training somebody that um, very early coming out of school would say, I want to go into uh, a training program to be a future electrician. So for us, we'll look at that, at that role and say, gosh, how do we, you know, become the brand that they pick? Because if they pick Milwaukee early in their career, that's probably what they're going to use for the next, you know, 50 years as they move through, through their career. So some of the stuff that we've branded, we've branded couches, skis, you know, a lot of your traditional stuff. But, you know, our, our goal would be when that, um, when that apprentice comes in and they have, let's say, a Tuesday evening class that they're going to take, you know, we'll have a Milwaukee person there giving out, um, you know, giving out uh, shirts and showing them the, the newest tools, getting those tools in their hands, and frankly, getting them to fall in love with Milwaukee before they even get out of their training program. And when that apprentice um, graduates, 
um, coming coming back, um, Sean, to your question is, um, you know, we'll we'll have a cool graduation gift that we invest in. So we, we want to give them their first, maybe their first tool with that first battery platform, which we know that that same battery is going to work on a multitude of other tools that um, that they can expand into. So that's really where we invest. In, and we many times um, have a swag item tied to that as well, where we want them wearing Milwaukee and excited about Milwaukee, um, leaving, you know, leaving that training. That's where we're going to invest money. You're rarely going to see, um, I think in your podcast, I, I heard you, one of you guys is out of Philly. You're probably never going to see a Milwaukee logo at an Eagles game on a billboard. We just wouldn't, um, that wouldn't be our platform. We're going to look at who's our user, who do we really want to focus on, and a lot of just everything that we do, including our, um, our co-op and swag investments, is going to be in those, those um, trades where, where we want to be the selected partner. And right, and that, spot. and that lets you be much more targeted in the way that you're you know, using your marketing spend. And I think that the cool part about it, too, is, is your approach there is kind of you know, the, the entirety of that journey of the, the apprentice who's coming through, you're, you're able to put the Milwaukee brand with them every step of the way. So it's like, you know, they come on board and they've got Milwaukee and then they graduate the program, they've got Milwaukee. And it's, it's just this, you know, totally encompassing marketing program. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's, It's funny when I, when I started flying after working for Milwaukee and I'd have something on a heated jacket or, you know, uh, have it on my backpack. I'm shocked at how frequently I'll sit down in my um, seat. This is pre-pandemic when I was flying a lot more, but the person next to me would say, do you work for Milwaukee? And sometimes <laughs> in the next hour, whatever work I was going to get done on that flight wasn't going to get done because that person wants to tell me all about how much they love their Sawzall or whatever it is. And it's, it's awesome. It's, it's just, it's humorous to me because Coming out of the, the label world, uh, that that never happened. <laughs> but, but it's um it's it's very it's very cool to see the passion and you know, some people have it tattooed on their arm. It's um it's 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 a great company and it's a great brand. Yeah, I was gonna say that the Milwaukee branding is is really cool. Like the, yeah, the, the lightning bolt too. and the the white and red color scheme, and it just really pops. So I it, it I imagine it looks fantastic on branded merchandise and an arm. Yeah, <laughs> or an arm, right? <laughs> So kind of to your point, you mentioned, you know, pre-pandemic flying. Have you found that the pandemic has changed your approach to uh, promotional products marketing at all? Or is there any, anything you're doing now that you maybe weren't doing before? I would say that with the pandemic, it's, it's definitely had an impact on certain parts of our business. Uh, and for an example, our retail uh, business has, has exploded uh, even more than we had forecasted it. Um, and we certainly have had to change and be more flexible with regard to how we run promotions and things of that nature. So I would say as a company, we've, we've used as many swag items as we have before, but just probably with a different format where, you know, we're doing more things where instead of having one event where we have a ton of, you know, activity and hoopla around a certain day, we're now extending that out, you know, for a week, we're more so probably shipping people their swag items versus having it as a, a handout. Um, so I would say we've just adjusted probably as many 
um, have with, um, you know, just the, um, the inability to be as in front of as many large groups as uh, what was, what's been such a, a successful trend up until 2020. And we've actually been hiring a lot of people uh, as well and expanding, building new plants. So it's, it hasn't slowed down a number of things. It's just made us really take a step back and, and think about, gosh, what is the needed safety protocol here? And, you know, it's just been a, a balancing act for, for us as, uh, as everybody, I would say. Uh, that's really great to hear that you guys are able to expand and hire when so many companies have been adversely affected and haven't seen it go the other way. So that's always nice to see. Um, we don't want to take up too much more of your time here. Is there anything you want to add before we let you go? The only thing would be more on a, on a, something I heard on a previous podcast. You guys are out of Philly, correct? Yeah. Yes, we are. Okay. Well, my, my, uh, my lifetime's been in Wisconsin. And all I'm going to say is I've had a blast every time I've come to Philly, but I remember my first Eagles game. I came out and I was going with a customer. This is years ago. And they kind of looked awkwardly at me and they said, Oh yeah. Can you, can you go back and change out of that? Cause you know, if you wear that Packer jersey into the stadium, I'm like, well, I'm not wearing an Eagles jersey. I said, no, you don't need to do that, but can you just wear something neutral or we're going to, you know, we're going to get beer tossed at us and stuff. So I, I found that quite um, humorous. And it's, that's the, it's that's just, the old Philadelphia welcome for yeah, you. Yeah, right it's part of the charm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I walked into Chickie and Pete's and uh, with my Packer shirt on and, and had uh, – had some uh, interesting comments thrown back. So it's just funny how the different geographies are. All I'm going to say is if you guys come to Lambo, I think you'll, uh, you'll, you'll feel a little more level of friendliness, if you will. Philadelphia <laughs> fans, so. fa- famously welcoming. So I, w- I, went to, I went to an Eagles-Cowboys game in Dallas, so I understand a little bit. That was pretty terrible. Well, I would love to get to Lambeau for a game, maybe like a, a maybe a September game though. And I, I don't think I could do uh, <laughs> yeah. anything later than that, but it looks beautiful. So hey, we'll get you guys some heated jackets. You'll be just fine. <laughs> yeah, there we go. True. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Sandy. Well, thanks so much for joining us on this episode. It was really great to have you on and uh, maybe we'll, we'll get to talk to you again sometime. All right. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. You take care. You too. That just about does it for this episode. If you guys like what you heard, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. Also, be sure to subscribe on promomarketing.com, Google Play, Apple Play, wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, if you have any tips or comments, you can send them our way on Twitter at promo underscore marketing. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, for Brendan Menefes, I'm Sean Norris, and this is the Promo Marketing Podcast. <laughs>